The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for tuning in to the show, and thank you for listening. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, how are you doing this beautiful Thursday. It is a beautiful Thursday. We had a nice drive-in, too. Normally, it's not beautiful on Thursday, but today it is. Things are starting to look up, at least here in Kentucky. The mask mandate is being lifted. As a matter of fact, it's already been lifted in most places for people who have been fully vaccinated. And for those who have not been fully vaccinated, the mask mandate in the state is being lifted on June the 11th. Now, here's the thing. Everybody always liked to blame Bashir. Oh, I hate that Andy Bashir. He's making us wear these masks, this, <laughs> yeah. this, and that. Well, now, if past June 11th, mm-hmm. once we're past June the 11th and a business still has, you must wear a mask, that's no longer on Andy Bashir. Nope. That's on the business. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, people just, they have to find a scapegoat, so they go to Andy. And they say, Andy is the reason why we have to wear these masks. Well, right now, it's easy to say, yeah, it's Andy, because there's an order, there's a mandate. But when this mandate is lifted on June the 11th and businesses still have on their door that you must wear a mask, it's no longer Andy's fault, is it? Well, I mean, in, in all sincerity, it wasn't Andy's fault. From fault. The I, I should have said know. fault. It's, it's not on Andy. Yeah, no, it's the CDC, baby. Uh, but, I mean... Well, it's on personal businesses at that point. Yes, by that point, yes, it is act- It is absolutely 100% the business owners, as it is their right to do that. I mean, we've been doing, what, no shoes, no shirt, no service for how long? Right. I mean, maybe mask is just going to be added in there now. But isn't it so funny how when people get used to something, they don't want to change away from it? At first, mask was the stupidest thing in the world to everybody. Oh, people couldn't stand to wear them. They couldn't. And now... You have people that don't want to go anywhere without them. I won't. I, you know, I, in all sincerity, don't know if I want to fully transition back to no mask. I've enjoyed it. You've enjoyed it. It, it gives you some, it helps you be more discreet. Well, not only that, but, you know, I, I get to go out. You know, as a woman, I'm told all the time, oh, you're so pretty. Won't you smile a little bit? So I'm taking this one for the ladies. Like, I'm sure a lot of us are probably tired of getting told to smile more. I don't have to do anything. Like, I literally could be, like, sticking my tongue out at you, and you have no clue. So I've loved. So I guess what you were saying, the anonymity, I like that. I've learned to read eyes. Yes. Uh, I mean, before, I I don't think I was this good at reading eyes, but you have to read eyes. Mm-hmm. You have to, eyes tell the story of somebody smiling at you, if they're mad, if they're upset, and you really learn how to read eyes when people have a mask on. So the whole mandate, it being lifted, I'm excited. Now, of course, there are some places that the CDC is still recommending to have masks on. That would be K-12 schools, child care and health care and long-term care settings, they're saying should still wear masks. 
I don't look, and neither does Andy Bashir, look for K through 12 schools to keep the mandate when August arrives. I don't either. Andy's even went in on and said he doesn't look for it to be, which I think this is just positive. I think, and Andy has also been quoted as saying that things will be back to normal mm-hmm. on June the 11th. Uh, what's normal though? No, I think when people say that, when people say back to normal, I think they're talking about how it was pre-COVID, and I'm I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about how it was pre-COVID. Yeah, the month February 2020 is what he's talking about. I just, man, I just don't really think we can ever get back to that, though. I really, in all sincerity, no. I don't. I think so much has changed. You know, in what four? It's been what 405 days or something like that since you know coronavirus has been a hot topic in the U.S. I mean, what do you think is going to be the biggest change post? wearing these masks post-coronavirus in this world? Um, I think it is now going to be more socially acceptable to wear masks. You know, I am definitely guilty of, like, you know, going through the airport and looking at people awkward when they would have on surgical masks. Pre- Pre-COVID, yeah, right? Yeah, pre-COVID. Absolutely, and yes. Now, same. no, I'm definitely, you know, because like I said, I really, in all sincerity, you know, personal choice, I think I am going to maintain, you know, wearing my mask. It's so interesting you say that about the masks being so, uh, it had such a stigma to it when yeah. people would wear it. it I used to look at people like they uh, were dying of uh, the most the awful they disease. Had the they plague. had the plague if they had on a mask mm-hmm. because they were trying to keep their disease away from me. I remember when I would see people wearing a mask, I would find myself moving further and further away from them. Uh-huh. So now it's just so normal to see a mask. And now you move away from people it's that don't opposite. have a mask. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, it's opposite day here. Like, I move away from people. Like, if I see people, you know, there were some people kind of congregated here, you know, at this, not at the studio, but at, you know, the open market. We were coming in, no masks. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen me, but I had a little bit of sheer panic. I was like, let me zip past these people quick as I can. And I've harped on this before. Masks are so, the, the masks that people wear, they're are so dirty. It's like they don't. It's like they don't wash them at all. They'll take their mask off yeah. in their hands that mm-hmm. they've been touching everything with. Mm-hmm. They'll take it off. They'll hold it in their hand. They'll throw it on the table. Don't wash it. They'll, they'll eat their lunch and then they'll pick up that mask that they threw on the nasty table mm-hmm. and put it right back on their mouth and nose where the perfect places for COVID to enter your body, they put the mask right there. So to me, it's almost more of a danger to put a mask on unless the mask is put on the correct way. And the only way to put on a mask the correct way would be to buy a disposable one and put it on and then immediately throw it away when you take it off. I mean, yes, but I mean, there are definitely uh, more cost and environmentally friendlier ways to go about it. And that is just be clean Yes. Plain, wash your hands, wash your mask. Yes. I'm very excited, though, for June the 11th to arrive and to see how all of that pans out. Well, Amber, pre-COVID-19 last year, in January of 2020, uh, 2020 got off to a boom by the death of Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. when he was in that helicopter uh, crash that killed him, his daughter, and a bunch of others that were on the helicopter. But just last week, Kobe Bryant was finally inducted, rightfully so, into the Basketball Hall of Fame. The 2020 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class is one of the most star-studded of all time. So usually when people get inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's more than one person that day. And this class, they are saying, is the most star-studded. So you have people like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan being the three biggest names 
being inducted. Now, of course, you know Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard? I'm not asking you to name anything in particular about these players, but have you ever heard of Tim Duncan and Kevin Durant? That is Kevin Durant. Yes. I'm sorry, not Kevin Durant. Kevin Garnett. Oh, no. Kevin Garnett. No. (laughs) Kevin Durant. Yes. Okay. That's what. And I expected that answer. When they said that was one of the most star-studded class, I said, if you know basketball, of course I know who Tim Duncan is and Kevin Garnett, but to think that that's two universal names that everybody else is going to know, I disagree. But Kobe Bryant was one of the biggest names of all time uh, in basketball in general to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. His wife gave his induction speech and... She said that Kobe Bryant is still winning, even in his death, uh, because of the messages that he have has left behind for his fans. But it got me thinking about the Hall of Fame in general. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily the Basketball Hall of Fame, Amber, but Hall of Fames in general. Mm-hmm. Most things, most significant things, a sport, a business, an industry of some kind has a Hall of Fame. Yes. There's even a Radio Hall of Fame. Is there? There is a Radio Hall Maybe of Fame. Maybe we'll be there one day. Uh, that's the goal, I hope. But <laughs> uh, people who you would imagine being in the Radio Hall of Fame is uh, probably who you could think. So can you think of a radio personality who you would assume might be in the Radio Hall of Fame? Mm, Paul Harvey. Okay, yes. Paul Harvey is in the Hall of Fame. Your favorite, Delilah, Howard Stern, uh, Ryan Seacrest, Elvis Duran, Paul Harvey, uh, Casey Kasem, those guys, Casey, yes. Why didn't I think of Casey Kasem first? Those are people in the Hall of Fame. But there's a Hall of Fame for all kinds of places. And I found a, a list of the most fascinating Hall of Fames to visit in the United States. Okay. <laughs> yes. They say that everybody needs to check out the Pro Football Hall of Fame, even if mm-hmm. you are not a pro football fan. They say if you are a sports fan in general, mm-hmm. it's just so filled with memorabilia of mm-hmm. sports, it's just a place that you want to check out. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I could get down with that one. I think that would be pretty cool. That's in Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, you have nothing, but have you ever been to the Hard Rock Cafe? I have. I would imagine the Hard Rock Cafe to be very similar yeah. to... Uh, I think the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> would be very similar to what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. So, you got people like Ray Charles, ACDC, Aerosmith... Alice Cooper. Who else do you think might be in the Radio Hall of Fame? Rock and roll. I'm sorry. Uh, rock and roll. Uh, gosh, uh, the Eagles. Yes. Bag Company, maybe. Yes. Uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is in there. <laughs> so uh, there is an RV yeah. Hall of Fame. A what? An RV Hall of Fame. The, the entire- what do you have an R? Like, seriously, like, just you as a person, what's at an RV Hall of Fame? So there are certain RVs that can make it into the Hall of Fame, and that's people who have decked out their their RVs to make it look <laughs> like something spectacular. So, you know, for somebody who enjoys going to mobile home parks and looking inside of new mobile homes, mm-hmm. like myself... I think I would really enjoy an RV Hall of Fame. But now look, it's an RV. It's a recreational vehicle, not a mobile home. They're, it's the same thing. I mean, now, come mo- on. Mobile homes can be driven around. That's, <laughs> most mobile homes have yeah. wheels on them. Yeah, I'm usually stuck behind them on 75 coming back from Richmond. Uh, you've got the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Hollywood, California. Hey, we've been there. We have been there. We've you got, stepped on Michael Jackson's toes there. We got into a verbal argument on the Hall of Fame. We did get into it. Literally, he and I got into a verbal 
terrible argument. And that's a fun place to see because you got all those star-studded people. Everybody who's anybody in Hollywood's had their handprints on the Hall of Fame. And I think that's a staple in Hollywood. If you go to Hollywood, you visit the Walk of Fame. You have to. And it's hard to miss it because it's it's everywhere. Well, yeah. Well, there's the Country Music Hall of Fame. Okay. And the Country Music Hall of Fame, I think, would be cool. you got people like Alan Jackson, Kenny Rogers, <laughs> Reba, Dolly Parton. There is the National Cowgirl Museum Hall of Fame, Amber, in Fort Worth, Texas. Well... Uh, Fort Worth, you can keep batting. NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, that'd be cool. I think so, too. Because NASCAR is a place that you don't really see a lot of stuff about it, but when you do, it's always cool. Yeah, and like from, what, 96 to like 2000, it, had it dominated. The, it, it did, and it had the best race car drivers. It's funny you say that because that era in the 90s, early 2000s, I feel like that's that's... Who all is just in the Hall of Fame? I think everybody from that era is in the Hall of Fame. Well, that might be a good go. Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. And Dale Jarrett actually goes in for the class of 2022. Okay. I'm talking Dale Jr. Yeah. Yeah, goes in the class of 2022. And finally, uh, the Hall of Fame to visit that everybody says you should visit is the Mascot Hall of Fame located in Whitney, Indiana. That's right. Mascots. Mascots from different businesses, mascots from different sports teams yeah. actually can get inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame. How do you go about telling somebody, yeah, I got inducted, I was over playing an alligator? Yeah, I, I, like, guess, <laughs> I guess it's just the impact that a mascot has with the franchise. Yeah, Here are some of the mascots that were entered. Okay. You have uh, Aubie the Tiger from Auburn University, Bucky Badger from Wisconsin, Big Red from WKU. Well. Yes. Uh, Brutus Buckeye from Ohio State is in there. Smokey, that's Smokey... The Bandit? <laughs> I guess he's a he's a he's a coon hound is what they call him in Tennessee. He's in he's Knoxville's he's Knoxville's uh, person uh, mascot. Oh, okay. Then there's Benny the Bull from Chicago Bulls. Okay. And then there's Tommy Hawk from Chicago Black Hawks. So all kinds of stuff. Huh. All kinds of cool stuff. But yes, Hall of Fame. I think is just uh, it's funny that everything has a Hall of Fame and. I think that most people like to go to Hall of Fames to – it's like a stopping point on any vacation. Yeah. If you're in that town, just go ahead. If there's a Hall of Fame there, stop because it's probably probably interesting. Got, got a lot of interesting artifacts in there. Yeah, but I get so mad because I feel like sometimes I feel like Hall of Fame should be called like AKA popularity contest. Yeah. And like you're only going to get in if you're still in the good graces with the big wigs of whatever is behind the voting committee. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. We'll be right back. No need to ask. He's a smooth operator. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last week, we got a lot of feedback on last week's episode over one of our topics that we did. We talked about 911 phone calls. Oh, man. And we got a lot of feedback. Good, yeah. <laughs> good and bad. And let me just tell you something, folks. I've heard a lot of people say that Off the Cuff might have went a little too far last week with the 911 phone calls. And here's why I'm going to defend my decision <laughs> of playing those 911 phone calls is because of how real they are. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a slice of American life. That is reality. You want to turn on the Kardashians on TV and call that entertainment? 
Turn on Off the Cuff and listen to a 911 phone call, that's life. That's reality. That's no different than what's actually happening out there in the real world. It's public record, and that's what I'm going to say about that. But I started thinking, Amber, about the 911 phone calls that we did last week, and 911 operators, what I love about the 911 operators is mm-hmm. that it is still a job where there's an actual human being mm-hmm. doing the actual talking on the phone. Yeah, It's not robotic. There's actually somebody there that will answer your call at any beck and time mm-hmm. if you call 911. And it got, it got me... St- it got me thinking about a job that used to exist, yeah. a job that used to be really prevalent, and that is the telephone operator. Yes. The telephone operator is a job that still is around. It's just not as prevalent as it used to be. Back in the day, you could dial zero mm-hmm. on the phone, and it would direct you to a real-life, real human being Operator. Yes. It used to be an actual job that people used to do. In the early days, telephone companies used manual telephone switchboards and and switchboard operators. They connected the calls by inserting a pair of phone plugs into the appropriate jacks. Mm -hmm. So you just imagine a woman sitting there and plugging in different plugs and mm-hmm. different jacks to connect people. That's how the phone used to work. I would mess that all up. Yes. It was very, very complicated. Uh, they were gradually phased out and replaced by automated systems. Yeah. Uh, so, but the fact that the fact that that actually used to be a job fascinates me. So, they are now pre-record messages. Yeah. It, it's a job that they phased out because they had a person do permanent recordings to stand in for an actual operator. Mm -hmm. So tell me if you recognize, Amber, this sound right here. Do you know what that sound is? Uh, Your call cannot be completed at this time. Well, that sound right there is the sound of messing up. Well, I'm used to that sound. You know you have messed up when you hear... When you hear that tone... Or somebody gave you the wrong number. You've messed up. So, exactly. Let's hear what it says. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. If you feel you have reached this recording in error, please check the number and try your call again. When I used to hear this woman, the operator, Mm -hmm. come on in a recording, when I was a kid, in my little kid mind, I used to think that was an actual human being picking up the phone and saying that to me. And I became fascinated with the woman's voice. I became fascinated with the woman that lived inside the telephone, the operator. And this woman Mm -hmm. is actually a real person. Yeah. Did you know that? I did. This woman that did all of these pre-recorded messages in the 80s when they started to phase out the operating job, Mm -hmm. this woman's name is Jane Barbie. She's an actual person. Her name's Jane Barbie. Here is another recording that you might recognize. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. That's the operator, right? It is. If you heard her come on the on the uh, across the speaker, yeah. you would say that's the operator's that's voice. That's the central operator woman. Yes. And here here's another one. Here is another one of Jane Barbie doing a operating recording. Number you have reached 752 oh, 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 has been changed. 
The new number is 727-6661. If you need contact... So... Now, I don't remember ever hearing that one. I became fascinating. I became fascinated with Jane Barbie, mm-hmm. this operator. Who is she? What's she all about? Where does she come from? Who is this person? I just want to know more about this woman because did you know that her voice has been heard by more people than any other female in the world today? Is she also the voicemail lady, too? You're I talking feel- about Siri? No, like the original voicemail. I think was she yes. not the original voicemail? Yes. Okay, that's what she I was, was thinking. Absolutely. So I tracked down. Mm-hmm. Now this is a rare find, but <laughs> I tracked down an interview. Yeah. That the operator did. Oh Lord. So you're going to actually hear, ladies and gentlemen, the operator speak in a normal conversation. Having a normal conversation. This is the operator now, the iconic operator that you've heard for many, many years. She's speaking in an interview. The first question the interviewer asks Jane Barbie is, does she get terrified thinking of how much she's listened to around the world? Take a listen. World. Of course not. I never thought about that, and I really don't think about it very much now, Dennis, because I think my knees would start knocking (laughs) if I did. When I record... Whether it be time and temperature or a weather message or a telephone intercept message, I think one-on-one I'm talking to one person because the whole idea of the service is to try and make it personable and friendly and conversational so that people don't really feel like they're talking to a machine. So I don't really like to think about speaking to over 20 million people a day, which is what I'm told the statistic is. About half of that is divided between, uh, rather I should say it's divided about half and half between people calling for time and temperature and weather or or getting a telephone intercept message, like the number you have dialed is temporarily disconnected or is not in service or, I'm sorry, all circuits are overloaded now. Would you try your call again later, please? I know you've gotten a million of those. How? Cool was that. That was weird to hear her laugh. It's weird, but I I just find her to be fascinating because this is a woman who is heard 20 million times a day. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Over 20 million people a Mm -hmm. day hear this woman speak. So it's just something, the fact... Is she still alive? She's not. Oh, no. I was going to say, man, living in 2021, she could have made a lot of money if she would do like personalized voicemails for people. Well, I just imagine her, when she gets bored, she's able to do pranks on people if she wanted to. Yes. She could call people. Could you imagine how easy it would be to <laughs> prank somebody if you're the the voice of the operator? You could like call them and be like, your phone is no longer in working service. Here's another permanent signal recording done by Jane Barbie. Let's see if you recognize this one. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, Hang up and then dial your operator. This is a recording. And then you got this annoying tone coming up. Yeah. Now I do remember mm, that there. tone. That was terrible. <laughs> that was almost worse than the dun dun dun. It was awful. I hear ourselves. We hear ourselves, <laughs> do we? <laughs> I did. I just heard a uh, an actual recording of myself come from somewhere. So I don't know if Jane Barbie is raising from the dead and she's like, stop playing my recordings. But <laughs> Well, one of our producers actually brought in a laptop, I think, that has additional uh, t- 
telephone operators on there. Really? Yes. Oh, we're, we're going to have to take a look at those. But I think, though, that that is just fascinating that one woman recorded all, all of those. those all of those tones. I just think that it's really cool. And, you know, I said that it was a regular job back in the day, right? Yeah. I said that people used to call in and talk to the operator sometimes. Yeah. Well, Amber, I have some audio clips of people calling in to an actual operator from back in the day. So listen at this actual call that an operator is having with a person. Operator. Hello. Who is this? This is Long Distance. May I help you? Yeah, um, I want to call uh, area code 212. Mm-hmm. Uh, 222-2565. Thank you. But, but I want to charge it to another number. Uh, 212-243-2806. Thank you. Uh, listen, operator, um, this is a very private call now. You're, you're not going to be listening, are you? Well, I, mean, I won't even be on the line, sir, while the number just... In- you're you're going to get off the line as soon as I, I get the party, right? <laughs> right. There won't be no one on the line. Okay. That was an actual operator having a conversation with somebody else. Now, I I sincerely have placed calls. Uh, not, I don't really think it was, I don't know if long distance services, remember that 101031? Yes. Okay. I used to use that, and I remember I used to assign, like, yeah, the charges go to this number. Have you ever done that? Yes. I have done that. Yes. Yes. Also, here is another one of a little kid calling the operator. And I just find this so cool because of how accessible an operator used to be. Yeah. You could dial zero. One number away. One number away. One digit away of talking to an actual living, breathing person who's a human being. So take a listen at a little kid who's trying to get a hold of his grandma. Operator, may I help you? To my grandma. Do you have her number? I don't, I don't know what it is. Okay, you hang up and have your mother help you. <laughs> hang up and have your mommy help. <laughs> but, but, but what else are you going to say? I mean, I guess hang up and have your mommy help. <laughs> Here is another one of a woman getting scared because somebody she doesn't know is ringing her doorbell. So back in the day, mm-hmm. what do you do? You call the operator. Well, I don't know if that's who I'd call. You call, please. Hello, um, operator? Yes. Um, there's somebody, somebody outside that's reading my doorbell. Excuse me, that's just incredible. It's just stupid. Ma'am, the only, only thing I can suggest that you do is call the police. I'll no. call you. Call the police, wait. Directory assistance? Here's another one. Okay, operator, I just woke up. I don't know if it's, uh, I would clock says six, but I don't know if it's a.m. or a... Uh, it's 6 p.m., sir. Thank you. You're welcome. So, just <laughs> did he really call after he ca- a long nap? <laughs> he called after a long nap just to check and see what time it was. He so, thought he was living in the time zone. So people would just call the operator just to see what time it was. Chit chat. If you couldn't get a hold of somebody, you just call the operator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here is a, another one, and this one right here is really humanizing what an operator is. This is a person having a conversation with the operator because, you know, we still kind of get that sense 
sometimes, I guess, when we call AT&T or Verizon or customer service, we get an actual person sometimes on the phone. Yeah. Well, those are actually people. Well, yeah. I mean, they have lives, too. They they hurt. They cry. Yeah. Well, this is a conversation that the operator is having with a regular civilian in the world. Mm-hmm. One of the millions and millions of people who live out there. You don't know who this person is, and he doesn't know the operator. And he just starts treating the operator like a human being. Take a listen. Yeah, you know, because I guess, you know, you sort of often wonder, you know, what an operator's like. Uh, you know, I just hear a voice. Do you ever get feelings about customers? I mean, I mean, like somebody calls and you feel he's nice or he's uh, unpleasant or something. We have that feeling. Huh? We have that feeling. As if you were. <laughs> Some customers are very nice. I get a lot of good... So he was just asking her, do you ever wonder what we're like? Because we wonder what you're like sometimes. What's the operator like? So I'm glad I'm not the only one. I was always fascinated with the operator, who she was, and even Jane Barbie, the real, true, iconic (laughs) operator, I have to say. That one's going to be all you, Banks. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. we got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Thank you for listening to the show. We were talking about phone operators on the last segment, and I almost came into the Shania Twain song, Whose Bed Have You Boots Been Under, because of that famous line. (laughs) Uh, Next time you're lonely, don't call on me. Call the operator. Maybe she'll be free. Yes. But that's funny because the operator is somebody that's always available to talk to you. Always (laughs) free. But I didn't. Instead, I came into this little gym. That is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. A&E has been doing these wrestling documentaries. They've done one over Stone Cold, which we talked about. They did one over Macho Man, which we talked about. And they recently did one over HBK, Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. And I know what people are thinking right now. They're like, oh my gosh, is Adam really going to talk about wrestling again? Yes. 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 That's a... Buddy, if our friends ever ask that, if somebody ever looked at you and asked you that question, I'd hope you get up and walk away. That ain't that ain't the table you want to be but, at. But the thing is, is people can listen to basketball mm-hmm. talk and football talk and soccer talk and, base, and baseball talk and politics. But anytime people mention any type of wrestling, anytime they mention any type of wrestling, People go nuts, and I wonder why that is. They're athletes, too. Well, you know, remember they came out with a commercial back in, like, 97 or 98 that said, you know, lace up my boots if you don't think I'm a real athlete. And, you know, training to become a professional wrestler, let me tell y'all, we are athletes. But I don't really want to talk about the HBK documentary. I came into this famous, iconic HBK theme music because I would like to talk about the best wrestling theme songs. Okay. The best wrestling entrance music out there that exists for wrestlers. This is definitely one of them. The HBK Shawn Michaels. This is actually him singing it. I know. And what Sensational Sherry. But Sensational Sherry sang the original. However, 
Wrestling theme music is very important for a wrestler. Yes. It's your introductory music. It is what sets the tone for your entrance. Yep. So it's very important to pick the right one. So I feel like that these that I play... They're not only my favorite, but I feel like they set the tone of who the wrestler is. So, you have this guy right here, yeah. Brock Lesnar. One have day you, I look for this to play and him to come out of, like, the dark to, like, F5 you for why, talking about his wife all the time. I did talk about his wife, Sable, on the show. I mean, it, I didn't say that Sable was a bad mom. That was Terry Reynolds that you said it. You just did. I didn't say that she was a bad mom. <laughs> But Brock, if you want to fight, I'm, 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 I'll, he's, I'll, he's having me train. I'll listen to the negotiations. <laughs> but this song right here yeah, buddy. is great. Have you ever worked out to this song? You know I do. This is the best song to work out to. You, you want to me and you, I'm. You want to mess things up? Put on the Brock Lesnar theme music. Yes. This is the theme for the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. And when you hear it, you just know a big dude is coming down the aisle to whoop you. You gonna get whooped. Okay. Now, another iconic, iconic wrestling theme would be, I mean, you have to play this. It might not be the best song. I think it is. But you think of wrestling when you hear it. It's the theme song of the immortal Hulk Hogan. Now, this represented his character like no other. He was the American hero, right? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't pick a more fitting song than this. Okay. Now, there's also this theme. Now, I'm sure the folks at home, if you are a wrestling fan, you'll know this theme if you hear it. And you maybe don't even have to be a wrestling theme to know what this sound is. Okay, I, that's not the original. I know. I was going to say, break the wall, but it didn't say it. No, I thought it was going to play the original. Um, okay, maybe not such a fair song to play for everybody to recognize. You might recognize this song if you're not a wrestling fan. Who's coming to get you now? <laughs> the Dark. It's The Undertaker. And this song has been around for over 10, 20 years. You hear the dong. It's got this ominous behind it. It's got this creepy feeling behind it. Do you remember when they put the Gregor... There it comes, the Gregorian chant. Yes. Dead man. This might be top three most iconic theme songs of all time. This is used for so much other than wrestling, too. I know that when people want to show intimidation, they'll mm -hmm. put on this music. Oh, yeah. They'll put on this music. We also have this theme. You can't forget about this theme. Ah, <laughs> yes. This just summed up the epitome of just guys causing havoc and messing things up. The NWO theme music, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. You knew that this theme was a soundtrack that you heard knowing that stuff was about to go down and nothing but chaos. Okay, we talked about this gentleman already, but his theme definitely goes down as being iconic. When you heard the glass break, Amber... I was waiting on when this one was going to come out. When you heard the glass break, 
you knew that the voltage was going to be turned all the way up. Mm-hmm. Things were going to happen. Stone Cold. Somebody's A double crooked letter was finna get wool. Yes. And when you heard this music, it was not the time to go get a snack or go get a pop from the pr- fridge. No, pull your beer out. Yes, this is when you stay put. Yeah. When you heard this music come on, you knew things were about to happen. Things were about to pop off. Business was about to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have one more theme song to play. Yeah. And I find this to be probably... Uh, not including the Undertaker's theme, yeah. But I find this maybe being the most iconic theme there is, and I think that now people respect this theme more than most wrestling themes because it's just made its way into pop culture. It is the theme song of Mr. McMahon, the Mr. McMahon character. Let's take a listen. The boss is coming to lay down some business. Mm-hmm. Mr. McMahon, arguably the greatest heel mm-hmm. to ever be in wrestling. I used to hate him so much because he was such a good bad guy. Yes. He made you hate him, especially during the Attitude Era. But this song was, it originated as the theme song for the corporation. Uh-huh. That little group that he created, but... It just stuck around with Vince, and now he uses it as his official theme music. Well, you know, I'm really surprised you did not play Shane McMahon's because I took the opportunity. Like, this is literally, guys, how much we love wrestling. I, You guys know I went back to college. I took the opportunity to do a presentation uh, about Love Canal. I was doing an environmental research paper, and I had to get up, and it was all about money, and I stuck a dollar in my bra, and I pulled it out as I walked down the aisle, and there was was here comes the money you can do so much with wrestling themes oh yeah and there's some honorable mentions that's one of them the digit the degeneration x break it down oh gosh yes is, is definitely one two is this one that's an honorable mention and i meant to play the dx one i just didn't have it pulled up for some reason what's wrong with you i don't know but those are honorable mentions yeah great wrestling themes i think some of the most recognizable themes, and they definitely set the tone for that character. Good stuff. Great stuff. And, I mean, not only did it set the tone for the character, but I think it kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, it would lighten the mood if you maybe had some heavy stuff going on, you know. Maybe have Road Dog and B.A. Billy Gunn come out. Most of these wrestling theme songs, at least in the WWF, were created by one man. His ah, name Jim was... Johnston. His name was Jen Johnson. And he was a musical genius. Yes. And I think that that man has probably won more Grammys and special awards than any musician alive. I know more of his music than I do other people's. I swear. I feel like it. Probably. Yeah. He's created most of the wrestling themes that you hear, the lyrics and everything. Mm -hmm. It was created by Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your beautiful contribution to society. I thought that was that was fun. But Shawn Michaels, yes, his A and E documentary was on A and E. They they're playing replays 
for like the next couple of weeks on all of the ones that they're showing. I think yeah. next week we have Ultimate Warrior. So I'm definitely loving all of this wrestling stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Off the Cuff to take its song of the week break. Sit back, relax, roll down them windows if you're driving, and enjoy a little Spencer Ludwig Best Life. We'll be right back after the song. We were talking about wrestling on uh, the segment right before we started this great song. Did you like the song, by the way? You know, you have some very interesting musical tastes. We were talking about wrestling, and Amber, I don't know if you've seen on social media at The Adam Banks, but I have posted a picture because I have started a wrestling action figure collection. Yeah. A wrestling action figure collection. I started... Off with five wrestling action figures, Mm -hmm. and I just ordered them online off eBay, and it was a really good start to a collection that I'm trying to build. Okay. And I just think that I got off to a good start. I got The Rock. Okay. I got Test. Test. This is a test. I got Test. Okay. I got, shoot, Batista. Yes. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. And Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Yes. So a really good start to the uh, wrestling figure collection. And what made me want to start doing this? I have been wanting to do this for a while because it's a good, I think, a wrestling figure. It's like a doll. It's yeah, like a male yeah. doll. It's a it's it's you know how women and girls like to collect Barbie dolls. Yeah, a guy's version of a Barbie doll is a wrestling action figure, <laughs> and it's not like we're going to. I'm going to sit down on the floor and play with these wrestling action figures. At least not in front of anybody. I was going to say that sounds like a good time. Yes, but it's a good thing just to have up on display. Yeah, just something nice to look at. It's a good conversational piece. Yes. If you walk in and just see a shelf full of wrestlers, I think that's I think that would be pretty cool. But there's this TV show called Hidden Treasures on mm-hmm. A&E that A&E's been showing, too. And it's just showing people uh, all of their wrestling collection, all yeah. their memorabilia that they have. A lot of that stuff that they got is original stuff, like Mankind's original mask. That one was a good episode. Yes, Kane and Paul Bear's original urn that mm-hmm. they would always carry to the ring. Those things, a lot of those things... WWF don't own fans own those things because they got sold in an auction or they are traded off by certain old wrestlers. So WWF is now trying to get all of that memorabilia back mm-hmm. into a warehouse that they're starting, but for the public, for the fans to I was come in. Say, are they going to open it up for fans to come in and see? So they're trying to gather all of this missing memorabilia. So they're going to people's houses and offering them money or maybe trading something else in for something that they want. Yeah. But I thought that I was a wrestling fan until I started watching that show. Man, people are dedicated <laughs> to the world of wrestling. Hey, just because we ain't got there yet don't mean we can't be there someday. Everybody had to start somewhere. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words. Stick with us. Everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in the studio with me. Last segment of the hour. We have heard of the 
dangerous bees that were flying around. Oh, murder hornets? The murder hornets. <laughs> That's a mouthful. And we heard we heard about the flying snakes. Oh, uh, yeah. That were slithering around in the air yeah. a couple months ago. Well, now cicadas are entering Lexington and <laughs> yeah. most places in Kentucky. There's actually 17 different states that these appear in. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky is one of those states. Real mature Kentucky. Yes. Well... The cicadas, I don't know much about those bugs. You mean, have you ever had one stuck in the house with you? No. So maybe you can answer some questions for me. Yeah, well. Why? So these cicadas, Mm -hmm. they apparently go into hiding for, what, 17 years? Yes, they go underground, do their thing, and then they reemerge from the ground. So 17 years. So that makes the last time that we've seen cicadas... Let's see, do the math, carry the three, add the zero with one divided by four. That's 2001. No, that's 2003. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. That's 2004. And I was waiting for you to like jump I in and help me. I literally was not going to do math on that. Yes. Uh-uh. But 2004 was the last time that we seen cicadas. And the reason, according to research, as to why they go away for 17 years is because they like to climb up in their trees and mate. And it takes... For 17 years? For 17 years. They like to get it on. Well, maybe I should come back as a cicada. Yep. And they... uh, (laughs) Those cicadas... (laughs) Getting a little so freaky. They're very annoying bugs. They are harmless, according to research here. It says that uh, you actually can eat a cicada and it won't hurt you. Some people find the cicadas... Unappetizing. Some people find them appetizing. I would not try to find out either. I would literally love to meet the people that eat cicadas to determine whether or not they were satisfactory or unsatisfactory. Now, do cicadas bite people or animals? The answer to that is no. It says cicadas don't bite or sting defensively, and they are not toxic or poisonous. Can your animals eat cicadas? Mm. It says that it will not harm your animal. However, it could make your animal... Dog, cat, sick Mm -hmm. if they eat a lot of them. Now, if they find a bunch of cicadas, guess what? They're going to eat a lot of them. They're going to tear it up. They won't die. Your dogs will not die, but it can make them sick. Yeah. So you, if you have an outside dog and you see them hanging around a place for a long time, it's probably because they found a family of cicadas. (laughs) They're having a massacre of cicadas. You might want to go interrupt. (laughs) Is it safe for your plants? Experts say that young trees and unhealthy saplings are the most vulnerable to damage from cicadas because the female cicadas dig small slits into thin branches to lay their eggs. Hmm. So for the most part, they're not really dangerous, but we are going to start seeing them. They, what do they, they come from the ground? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll come from the ground. I mean, I didn't know they went up in trees to mate for 17 years. Yeah. All I know is the sound that these things make is like... That's another thing. They're very, very loud, too. Yeah, like, I just envision, like, when Jim Carrey was thinking of that scene in Dumb and Dumber, when he's like, do you want to hear the most annoying sound (laughs) in the world? Like, it straight up was from a cicada. Well, according to research here, it says 
because one of the questions that people were asking was how loud do cicadas get? Experts say that noise generated by large groups of cicadas can get as loud as 90 decibels. Wow! As loud as a gas-powered lawnmower. Uh-huh. But that's how loud it will sound if you are standing directly under a tree where a lot of cicadas are singing, is what they say. It won't sound as loud if you're not standing close to the cicadas. Did they really say singing? That's what they call it. So then now I can say that when I have noise come out of my mouth, it's singing too. <laughs> <laughs> They are pretty loud. I don't recall cicadas, but it has been since 2004. Well, no, no. So we actually had like a a chance encounter with one. I don't know where it came from, but it ended up in our house like, I don't know, about five years ago. And Mm -hmm. I just remember waking up in a sheer panic like, what is that sound? And then that's when Wiley was like, it's a cicada. And then we got it and got it out. And I was like, "Mm, scary. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for another episode of Off the Cuff. You can follow Off the Cuff on social media by going to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook or Instagram. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on podcast by subscribing to the Off the Cuff with Adam Banks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever podcasts can be listened to. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. You can follow my co-host, Amber Turner, at Ambu447. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you next Thursday from 4 to 5. We'll catch you down the road.